Today's scripture reading is from Acts chapter 8. And Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. God-fearing men buried Stephen and mourned deeply over him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ to them. The crowds gave their undivided attention to Philip's message and to the signs they saw him perform. With loud shrieks, unclean spirits came out of many who were possessed, and many of the paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Prior to that time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and astounded the people of Samaria. He claimed to be someone great, and all the people from the least to the greatest heeded his words and said, This man is the divine power called the great power. They paid close attention to him because he had astounded them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed and was baptized. He followed Philip closely and was astounded by the great signs and miracles he observed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. On their arrival, they prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. Give me this power as well, he said, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in our ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for the intent of your heart. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and captive to iniquity. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. And after Peter and John had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many of the Samaritan villages. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go south to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official, in charge of the entire treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his return he was sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said to Philip, Go over to that chariot and stay by it. So Philip ran up and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can recount his descendants? For his life was removed from the earth. Tell me, said the eunuch, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with this very scripture. 
and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road and came to some water, the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is there to prevent me from being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip appeared at Azotus and traveled through that region, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. And this is God's word. Back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said that the disciples would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the rest of the earth. Here in chapter 8 of Acts, persecution, as we saw in verses 1 and verses 4 through 5, that persecution moved the gospel from Jerusalem up to Samaria. Philip, one of the first deacons, as we saw back in Acts chapter 6, verse 5, went to Samaria preaching the gospel, and God began saving some of the Samaritans, according to verse 12. In verses 14 through 17, two of the apostles, Peter and John, came up to Samaria to confirm that these Samaritans were genuine Christians. Many charismatic brothers and sisters of ours, and some non-charismatics too, think that what Peter and John did is the normal Christian experience. In other words, some Christians think that every Christian needs to receive the Holy Spirit after they believe in Jesus. This is sometimes called the second work of grace, or the second blessing, or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't agree with that interpretation, that this is the normal Christian experience. I think this passage records an important phase in the development of the church. It showed the Samaritan believers that their salvation was the same salvation that the Jewish believers in Jesus had had. God withheld the Spirit until the apostles prayed for these new Christians in order to unite the church and demonstrate that the Samaritans had the same salvation, the same Spirit, and the same Lord Jesus Christ as the church in Jerusalem had. What stands out to me is how Simon the sorcerer in verses 9 through 11 believed the gospel, according to verses 12 and 13, yet wanted to buy the apostles' power for himself, according to verses 18 and 19. Peter rebuked him in verses 20 through 23, and Simon repented. So it looks like he was a genuine Christian. Had he not repented, it would have shown that his confession of faith was false. And that's what Peter's indicating in verse 20 when he says, May your money perish with you. Yet, despite being a genuine Christian, Simon desired the spiritual power for selfish reasons, according to verse 23. Verse 9 told us that Simon boasted that he was someone great. So it seems, based on Peter's rebuke in verses 22 and 23, that he still had this desire in his heart. He wanted power to do ministry so that people would look up to him as a great man. While they may not seek supernatural power like Simon did, many Christians do ministry for the same reason that Simon wanted the power to give the Holy Spirit to others. Some ministries, preaching, teaching, music, leadership, those give people the opportunity to be looked up to, to be admired, to be obeyed. When we aspire to serve God for ourselves, our hearts are captive to sin, according to verse 23. It is only a matter of time, then, before our false motives will be revealed. Because we're all human, we all have mixed motives at times. 
just as Peter confronted Simon and called him to repent, you and I may at times need the corrective rebuke of other believers when our ministry motives are mixed up and sinful. But think about your worship, your ministry to the Lord today. Are you serving God for the right reasons? Do you regularly assess your heart and ask God to purify your motives? Are you willing to receive godly rebuke when your sinful motives slip out? A healthy faith and a healthy church is not made up of perfection. It's made up of genuine believers who are growing. Part of that growth comes from having our motives purified, even in response, and often because of the response, or as a response, to the rebuke of others. So, let's think about how we can receive the rebuke of others. And let's consider our motives as we serve the Lord. And may God bless us as we do that. And if you're finding a lot of value in these devotionals, but you're not finding them in your email, would you consider signing up by email? Go to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. And every morning you'll receive these devotionals in your email. It'll have links to the video, the audio, and you can read it right there in your email. And that will cue you to stick with this and develop a Bible reading habit every single day. So go to dailypbj.com slash subscribe for that. If you'd like to give back to me, for the value you're receiving from these devotionals, you can do that by supporting me financially, and you can do that by going to dailypbj.com support. Finally, maybe you should share this devotional with someone who could use it today. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.